Welcome to the Past Life Awakening Institute podcast. I'm Mark Beale, a past life regression therapist and trainer. Today's guest is Nicole Lee. She's a hypnotherapist, past and between life therapist. She has an MBBS, which is a Bachelor of Medicine and a Bachelor of Surgery. So she's a medical doctor. She lives in New Zealand and also practices online. She's born in Singapore and was trained and practiced as a medical doctor there for more than a decade before switching to hypnotherapy. And she facilitates transcendent transformation in her journeys with people. So welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Good to see you again. So Nicole's website is thehypnotherapypracticelimited.com. So w.thehypnotherapypracticelimited.com. So just straight away, if you want to find out more about her, uh, you can do that. And there's quite a lot to talk about, Nicole. It's quite an interesting journey that you've taken from being a medical doctor to moving into hypnotherapy. Uh, uh, and we'll get into that very soon. But before we do that, can you tell us what exactly are the therapeutic modalities that you do use? Um, I use um, age regression hypnotherapy, past life regression therapy, and between life regression therapy. You know, um, and these three main modalities, I feel are a, com a complete path per se, you know, for a client who wants to deal with various issues pertaining to this life, past life, and also, you know, spiritual issues. A, a client may come just uh, with issues pertaining to this life. So for, for, for that particular client, I will use the age regression chemotherapy. So those who have interest in past lives or who consciously or subconsciously have already done as much work you know, in this life as he or she can, then we, we may use the past life and subsequently progress to the between lives regression therapy. So it's very uh, individualized uh, according to you know, what, whichever, whatever client comes to me and whatever presenting issue they come with. Okay, that's good. And so some healers have a, do a lot of different modalities, um, but you're really a specialist as a hypnotherapist. And when people say hypnotherapy, people often think that just means this life, but that's an interesting point. Some people just do this life, but as a regression therapist, you can really get into past and between lives. So it's great that you have that option as well. So what attracted you to these uh, hypnotherapy and regression? So uh, I think to answer that question, I perhaps will have to go a long way back. <laughs> as you mentioned, I was born in Singapore. So I grew up there and I was the firstborn. So my mother, you know, being deprived of a higher education herself, actually placed all her hopes and aspirations onto me. And all this spoken, you know, with the power of the hindsight. <laughs> so from a young age, you know, I was under, you know, tremendous pressure to achieve good grades, top positions in school. And as a student, you know, I was ingrained with the notion that the equation for success in life, you know, is actually very simple. It's like excellent grades equals successful career plus happy life. You know, that's all you have to care about. Just get, you know, just get excellent grades and everything will be smooth flowing from there on. So I think these early experiences, you know, as a student in a very high pressure environment, targeted solely to achieve, you know, academic excellence led to a very imbalanced, narrow view of life back then. So, you know, that did not embrace the need for social interactions. You know, I didn't have the freedom to express myself, nor did it encourage any mental capacity to explore what truly interests or excites me as a person. So, but you know, now again, with this, uh, with the clarity perspective I've gained over the years, you know, I can see that you know, the body genes I'm born into in this life actually combine you know, to form a more intro 
perspective kind of personality and traits like courage, resilience, you know, it's something that I have to learn, I have to earn for myself over the years with the various life experiences and lessons. So by the time I was, you know, to choose a major in the university, of course, I, you know, but I did not know what I want. All I knew was that, you know, I wanted something more solitary, maybe research, maybe lab, you know, given that I, I was more like, uh, wanted to be by myself. So at that point, there was a new discipline offered by the university it was actually food science and technology. I was thinking, okay, sounds like a you know possible good choice because I can put my academic knowledge to meaningful use. You know, I studied so hard, right? You know, so I can create healthy, nutritious food that will benefit the people. Yeah, um, uh, uh, ambition at least, you know, something to make good of the pain and efforts I've put in over the years. But what happened was um, the irony of the situation was that because I studied so hard, my grades were good, and they were good enough to get me to medical school. And this was a path I never considered. I didn't want to give her my personality. But again, my mother stepped in. You know, she wanted that for me, wanted that for the family. So when I was, you know, when she told me, you know, be a doctor, the first thing that came up was, you know, being a doctor to me at that age meant, you know, I have to face many people, you know, numerous patients a day. So given my personality, I was not comfortable, you know, with the thought of that even before I became one. And there was also this, strange fear inside that I, you know, I not wanting to get into trouble if I practice medicine. So this was something that, that it was, a uh, it was strange and weird because there was no prior course for that, but that became only clear after my own uh, past life regression sessions in the later years. So, you know, at the age of 18, with very weak mental strength, you know, very little courage, no emotional resilience, you no, know, to withstand any other pressure. And I succumbed to my mother's wish, you know, at that, that point, which I now see, of course, is a destiny point in my life. You know, I forgo my personal ambition for the sake of obedience. So looking back, that marked the fork in my life. You know, the next two decades or so will be actually be spent struggling against this, um, what I would call now a seemingly imposed path. You know, seemingly because ultimately I made the choice, right? You know, and a victim mentality that actually ensued within me, that, that I was forced to do something I didn't want to. So given my learned um, association with career success, with life happiness, this career impediment, you know, was a major issue in my quest for purpose and meaning to my life. So um, for some reason, I managed to survive medical school. Again, I just studied nonstop, you know, to the detriment of other aspects of my life. I got decent grades, I graduated, and the present I got was housemanship. <laughs> and, you know, um, I think now, hopefully it's much better and it's more regulated. But back then we had to do 30 out, 36 hours shift work straight. No shower, um, you know, you have, have to skip a couple of meals, you know. So it was very tough. It was very tough. And um, what was always about rushing. You know, you had to rush from one patient to the next one, rush from one task to the next one. So, I mean... In this modern era, healthcare is perpetually overloaded. And the limited time we can actually afford, you know, doctors can afford to spend on each patient actually feel, felt very inadequate and unsatisfying. But there was really nothing I could do, you know, to change the whole system. So, I mean, I know innately that, you know, the role of a doctor is to physically heal people. It is, of course, important. It's meaningful in itself. But actually, you know, so is every other vocation in the world, you know, that arises out of the need to service mankind. 
at the end of the day, I think the satisfaction you know, in fulfilling a particular role in a particular career is very personal. It boils down to you know, the purpose of that person in this life. So at that point, you know, immersed in this career that did not feel personally satisfying to me, I, I really struggled. You know, on top of the victim mentality that was imposed, that it was imposed onto me, you know, and I really had to look for answers. So I completed housemanship and uh, I, I could, had a freedom to choose a posting and I chose a public health posting that was actually office hours, weekends off, you know, first time, you know, I had some time to myself. So not knowing what to do back then, I, all I could do was to start to read books. Books that I never read before, you know, before medical books, before, you know, academic books. So I started to read on firstly self-help, then I moved on to motivation. When those did not give me the answers that I wanted, you know, I, I could feel, you, you can feel very psyched up, you know, reading something, you know, do this, do that. But a few days pass, you know, those conscious reading things just fit into the background, you know, without, I think, the experiential process, right? Then I move on to philosophy, you know, religion, Buddhism, and finally I reached spirituality, you know, the new age section corner <laughs> in the life, in the, in the bookstore. And the book that changed my life was, um, I think for many people as well, uh, Messages from the Masters by Dr. Brian Weiss. So for the first time, I was like, what is this? No, no, never came across hypnosis. Don't know what it is. No. So I became very intrigued with this phenomenon as well as the, the, um, the therapy practice of past life regression. So, and it was also during this public health posting that I met a fellow colleague, Dr. Peter Mack. You know, he was a senior colleague who was a conduct from the surgery department. And with the power of retrospection, this was actually, you know, planting a seed for the subsequent events that were to come in the years after. So, you know, uh, my first exposure to this was reading books. But as I mentioned, without experiential life lessons, I, I, reading them was just a conscious understanding. I could not figure out, you know, what to me was personally meaningful, personally satisfying. So after that posting, you know, unsure where to go, I... Again, like many, like I know, follow the masters, right? You know, so many of the colleagues are actually trained for a specialization. And the next three years, you know, I, um, as a trainee, you know, I really wanted to things to work. I wanted to be able to complete the traineeship, finish it, you know, so that I could stop seeking answers. That this is the life for me. That being this, you know, doing this job as a specialist, you know, with with his perks and all that, is the right job for me. So I took the first part of the specialization specialization exam. I underwent the necessary hospital rotations, but um, despite making myself going through all these motions, I still could not, you know, at the end of that three years, envision myself leading a life as a specialist. And I did not find that particular career, you know, satisfying again, you know, or personally fulfilling. So during those years, I continued my reading on spirituality and uh, much slower pace because uh, work was, could be quite heavy. And there was one other book that I came across by Deepak Chopra, uh, synchro destiny that um, actually um, you know a book about the concept of synchronicity which also intrigued me and I must say that you know um, synchronicity I think have been commonly described by people as meaningful coincidences right but I actually feel that it's so much more than that I personally would describe it as you know synchronicity as meaningful events that actually facilitate guide us towards a particular direction or destiny point best suited for our learning and evolution. So because it was actually true synchronicity that, you know, I reconnected with Dr. Peter Mack, you know, the colleague I, back, I met back in public health posting in 2014. That was um, 
several years after we parted ways. And it was also the time I decided to give up my traineeship. So I have two more years to go before I could actually specialize. Two more years, one last exam, but I gave it up. So I, I was lost, you know, I was like, what am I doing? You know, <laughs> all my friends and colleagues, they were moving ahead on with their life. But here I was unhappy, dissatisfied, you know, having possibly a dream career, but giving it all up. So, uh, and Dr. Peter Mack, for some, actually he told me, you know, he, he just received a message one day to say, you know, email Nicole, ask how she is. And he just did that. So at this point, you know, actually he was using past life regression therapies. He trained to be one to help his patient, you know, above his clinical work in surgery. Again, a path that no other doctor I know in Singapore took. Yeah, really, yeah. And, and so at this point in my life where I was lost, looking for directions, you know, when he asked me how I was and he told me what he was doing, I could not, you know, stop myself from asking for help. Because I, I knew at a point in my life what I did not want. I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do that. But what can I do? <laughs> what, you know, what can I do that I will find happiness or satisfaction in? That, that is what I'm, the, you know, the purpose of my life, you know. So that, that, that point of reconnection back in 2014 was actually the start of, you know, what I would say, a series of life-changing experiences for me. Another, you know, destiny point. And this marked uh, my long-awaited path or, you know, personal transformation, or if, my, if I may put it, you know, spiritual awakening. So um, it was the first time that I actually attempted meditation at the advice of Dr. Mack. And I also underwent past life regression therapy sessions with him. You know, he was my therapist. I also met my spirit guides for the first time during those regression therapy sessions. And those uh, sessions are still imprinted deeply in my mind. So actually all these experiences, um, um, what happened was, um, we actually wrote up a book called Mirrors of the Mind. So uh, me from the perspective of the client, him from the perspective of the therapist, and we published that uh, in the subsequent year in 2015. So this book detailed my five regression therapy sessions with him and the 12 meditation sessions on my own. So in which metaphorical stories and possible past, past lives you know, emerge that were pertaining to the issues I was facing. So um, one of the messages just to, you know, was that, which I didn't, which the implications did not hit me until actually a few days back. You know, when the created contacts the creator, healing begins. So created, uh, there, was a, there was a fun metaf metaphorical story with that. And then this message came up. So created means I think human, human beings, you know, creator, whoever created us, healing begins. So um, because back then when I received all those, uh, you know, divine, divine or cosmic messages, some of them felt like they were just more being relayed through me. And to be very truthful at that time, I, I could not really assimilate, you know, their wisdom or, or I could not integrate them into my life back then. Because I think it took me another, since then until now, about six more years of experiences to realize that because some lessons cannot be rushed. You know, the regression sessions I had back in 2014, they were actually intended to be acts of planting seeds, you know, that would have to take time, ongoing necessary life experiences over the past six years and more to come to ripen. So that's why when the creator, when asked when we create the creator, the healing journey actually begins. It's not complete, it doesn't end, it begins. And yeah, when I wrote the book, I was thinking, you know, I wish I could live really in sync with all these messages that I received, but 
yeah, I, I, it was not meant to be. I need more life experiences for the past six years and going forward to, to really to lead that, that fuller life. That's a very interesting journey. I think a lot of people can identify with that. And I, I certainly do. I went through a lot of that sequence of reading and doing that spiritual meditations yourself is also so significant. And, and even that dissatisfaction and that needing to find a path ourselves and, and for that to be a little bit difficult, or a bit painful, it seems to be the, uh, what's required to go through that and come out the other side and then become a good healer. It's just a little ironic that you were already a medical doctor healer and yet you had to go through this pain and, and the healing process to become a, a spiritual therapy healer. You, you called it like spiritual awakening to like, this is the path that I'm supposed to be doing. And then that integration process. And I think that's very real for a lot of people. So some of the people listening to this will be at an early stage where they just picked up Brian Weiss for the first time. And other people have been meditating and having experiences or doing aggressions, but still it takes time and time to, to become a full-time professional uh, therapist for other people. So, so what were some of the, were the key moments? So can you tell us more about some of the past lives that you had recalled specifically and, and how they spoke to the life that you've been telling us about? Mm, I think, yeah. So um, from my regression sessions in 2014, no, plus my own meditation session since then, I actually, uh, for the purpose of the podcast, I did a tabulation. <laughs> so I had like 12 possible past lives and story. I mean, possible because again, they might be metaphorical stories, you know, but whatever it is, the messages, you know, I, I, I got the messages behind them. So each past life actually had its own uh, spiritual theme, spiritual lessons, some of which are of course still ongoing in my life. So I'll just describe a few key events which pertain particularly to this struggle, you know, from being a doctor to, to, to where I am today. So in one of the past lives, um, this was written up in my book as well. In, that was in 1400s in ancient China. I was the wife of a poor rice farmer. So I was illiterate. And um, I, I, we had a son whom we love very much. But at the age of five, you know, after working the fields, coming back home, we found him dead in the fields bitten you know poisoned by a snake and after that um the husband you know just just became an alcoholic she, she, me as a wife you know i i lived on died of old age but the my dying wish then was to be literate you know uh, what, what i wanted to be literate so that i could provide a better living environment and if, if that had happened my my son wouldn't have died so 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 that 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 wish, I think, you know, actually created my current circumstances of being literate and in a way, you know, intelligent enough to achieve what I want in this life. And also perhaps planted a seed, you know, for me becoming a doctor because I could not save my son back then. I could not save my sick husband. And I myself died of an untreated illness because we had no money. You know, so, so, this, so to be very truthful, despite, you know, the, the painful struggling years, you know, studying through medical school, the numerous exams, and the challenging path, you know, through housemanship and, and as a doctor, I have always been very grateful, you know, to possess the medical knowledge that to this day has enabled me to help my parents, my family, you know, some of my close friends and myself so that I don't keep running to the doctor for every small thing, you know, a rash, <laughs> which I would have. I think I would have become a hypochondriac you know, if, if, if not for, for possessing all this knowledge. That's actually a really good point. So we were just talking before about, I think a lot of people have to go through a dissatisfaction with what they're doing 
before they become a hypnotherapist or a past life therapist. But at the same time, we don't want to be eaten up by our dissatisfaction. We're dissatisfied, but we accept it and use that as motivation to make change. And so, and so that's really nice that your past life aggression sort of helped that. So on one hand, it's like I, was, I succumbed to the pressure of my mother who made me do this thing. But there's also a part of going, well, actually, once I've done past life aggression, I recognize at a soul level, I did kind of choose this difficult path that made me suffer but I actually wanted it and I'm actually grateful for it in a way as well. I think it's a really nice point for people to think about when they're going through the, oh, I'm doing a, something I don't want to do. Or I wish I could be a professional healer like Nicole. And you know, you, there's, a, there's a pathway to go through. So even as you're going through that, we can have that acceptance of the, the dissatisfaction as well. So it's a really nice point. Yeah, thank you. So I think there's always two, always two sides to everything. So it's just choosing, making a choice to see the other side and just be grateful for whatever came up of that, that journey. So then um, that brings me to another more recent past life that I, I experienced, which I um, um, I think is actually pretty interesting. So that, that was in um, early 1900s in Singapore. You know, I was a female laborer. I was working under very bad working conditions and was subsequently uh, raped by the business owner who was an evil guy. You know, So I became vengeful. I bribed a midwife to give some bad hurts to the business owner's wife. You know, she was pregnant, carrying his child. And the child was subsequently born with a facial deformity. And the business owners, you know, he had this fervent wish to have this heir to take over his business. It was dashed and eventually led to the downfall. So um, during the session, it, it came to light that the midwife in that life was my mother in this life. So, and we're actually playing out in this life the bad karma from that life, right? To poison someone and, and, and cause harm to an unborn child. So in that life, I, you know, I brought her, poisoned the master's unborn son, and this planted the seed of bad karma for both of us. So in this life, role, role reversal, you know, right? she, she became the one to force me to take poison, so which is to study medicine. So instead, you know, at age 18, you know, being able to neutralize that bad coming act with wisdom, with good intentions, which I don't have when I was 18, I have for years, you know, perpetuated that karma. I chose to see myself as a victim. I did not take responsibility for the choices I make. And, and only until, you know, later years that I see that this role reversal, this karmic repay was also in a way a condition you know, in compensation for this intellect, for this literacy abilities I'm given in this life, you know, to become a doctor, because nothing is really for free, you know, you, it's a coming repay on one hand, yeah, the other hand, you, you, you trade something for it. So, yeah, and then um, with regards to this innate fear that I had, you know, of not wanting to get into trouble, as I mentioned, uh, I recall another past life in the 1600s. This time around, I was a granddaughter, you know, uh, of a lady who was practicing uh, medicine you know giving herbs and all that to, to to help others but in that in that era she was actually labeled as a witch so in one scene you know uh, she was caught by the villagers i was hiding so i was safe and in the end i witnessed her death when they boiled her in a pot that, i think that event uh, traumatized me but i was rescued by her disciple and we moved away to another town the disciple you know continued to practice in secret to help others giving herbs healing people but all I did, you know, was just to watch. I, I did not have the courage or, you know, to do anything. Or I was fearful of being caught, you know, this caused my grandmother to die, you know. So, but 
Again, ironically, in the end, she was caught, I was caught, we were both burned to death. So this past life perhaps possibly left this fear, you know, that by practicing medicine, equivalent to death, you know, that, that, that it would mean getting into trouble. And, and that could be why uh, I had this strange fear that, you know, oh, I, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to cause fear, you know, I, I don't want to, to cause harm or, or get into trouble. And I think with this realization, I, I chose, you know, to break the bonds of time per se. And, you know, through my conscious intention to let go of that outdated fear, move on with the peace of mind to make use, to make, make the best use of this literacy, the abilities I'm actually gifted with in this life. And, and that brings me to how, you know, on the path of how I become a hypnotherapist. I think, I think that's a good message for a lot of people. Because a lot of people are attracted to being a hypnotherapist, past life therapy, spiritual therapy, or conventional uh, medicine. But particularly with the spiritual therapies, they're, they're attracted, but they're also at the same time repulsed. And, and I think that confuses a lot of people. And they, and they are in two minds, and then they don't know what to do, and then they just don't progress with their studies or, or learning. Well, they even are attracted enough to do studies but then they're hesitant to practice. So a lot of people go through this. And, I, and, and so a key thing is to know that it's very common and that there can be reasons for it. And often it is past lives. So you're attracted to this kind of healing because you've got past skills in the past. You can be repulsed or averse because you've had uh, past residues of emotions and events. So what you described, I think, is really helpful for a lot of people so maybe even you're watching this podcast because you're sort of attracted but haven't followed through or uh, there's something's blocking you and that, that there's often a very good reason. The attraction is very much connected to the aversion. Once you recognize that, you can find out the causes of both. And then, as you say, break the bonds of time. And then that can help, help people either take the step to actually doing the study or take the step to implementing the study and really putting it into practice. So I think that's really helpful for people to know if they think, well, I should just really love healing and have no aversion at all. But real healers don't really, that's not how it goes. Nothing's all rainbows and butterflies for most healers. There's always some other stuff in there and processing it is, uh, it's helpful, is, uh, is really helpful and common for a lot of people. So I think it's a really good point. So um, maybe just to, complete that, um, that, that path. So in, in 2014, one of the meditation sessions, you know, was on my life purpose in this life. And I, the only message I got then was six words. During that session, it was um, to lead, to help, to awaken. So over the years, you know, I keep pondering what this means, you know, to lead as a leader, you know, to help. I could have helped as a doctor, you know, to awaken, yeah, but, but this maybe is, is like a generic message, but what can I do, you know, in actual life to, to fulfill this message? So again, I look back now and see that, you know, synchronicity is at work. So firstly, my interest in the area, you know, through, the, um, through reading, the eye-opening regression session therapies I had with Dr. Mack was the first step. Then, um, and after that, um, I became a mother in the subsequent years. You know, we relocated to New Zealand as well. And during these few years, I actually, to be truthful, I did not have the capacity you know, to be actively involved in, in daily meditation, in hypnotherapy, regression work. But actually in retrospect, I was gathering or experiencing the necessary life experiences and lessons before the next step arrived. 
Becoming a mother myself, you know, allowed me to truly forgive my own mother. The difficulties and challenges of motherhood, you know, there are four of us, she raised us on, our, on her own. No internet, you know, I mean, I have to Google every single thing, you know, uh, know how long should I boil a bottle for and all that, you know, where she had none, you know, just left to her own resources, you know. So, yeah, it's really true experiencing this necessary path that, that, that certain, I think certain fruits really come into, into being. So, you know, um, we settled down in Auckland eventually and finally I have some time to myself. So which, and events led on, led on to this next stage. Um, so I had a friend who was struggling uh, with personal issues. He, he was seeing counselors, psychologists, but he was not in good shape. So it was only after the addition of hypnotherapy that, that, we, that I really saw that, you know, his path turned around. And, and, and another event that happened, which I think was because of synchronicity, this, but, but, but okay, you might think it's a little bit funny. So one day, you know, one tiring day, I was just relaxing. So I was looking through Netflix, what to watch, nothing. Oh, Bling Empire. <laughs> Not something I would normally have watched, but you know, I just click on it. And just before I was going to turn the program on, the scene, um, I'm not sure if you watch it, but there was a scene about one of the correct, uh, one of the main main characters, um, Kevin. He he was adopted, so he had always wanted to look for his his uh, real parents, and you know that that feeling of you know wanting to to find the parents, something is lacking was in him, and he actually went to uh, approach a regression hypnotherapist. So that particular scene was him being regressed back to the point where, um, where he remembered his mother and he remembered that he was actually wanted. It's because of some social cultural things that the mother could not keep him. And that realization, you know, actually let him untie the knot in his heart for many years. And that particular scene reminded me of how powerful regression therapy is. You know, I was gathering at life experiences, reading a mother and all that, relocating, you know. I forgot that, that this was something that, that, you know, that I wanted to do or I'm so interested in. So, and to get that out of Bling Empire, <laughs> what could I say? It must be synchronicity. <laughs> so then um, these two things came up. So we started, I started to think, you know, um, you know yeah, what, what, what course should I take? Should I really you know, start my journey on hypnotherapy, would it be a path I should take? So that day, I, I just thought, you know, let me meditate one more time. Let's ask for guidance. And this time around, because I think I was ready, in a flash of insight, I saw that the six words to lead, to help to awaken, also meant, you know, to lead as in induction, to lead someone, induce someone into a hypnotic state, to help, you know, during the process and to awaken the person from a hypnotic state. So the six words, Literally, you know, it was the purpose of my life and also translated to how I could actualize it. So, uh, I, I don't know, I, I, was, I was myself quite amazed. You know, I, it, it didn't occur to me that the six words could be interpreted that way. So that was then I decided, you know, I'm going to start taking hypnotherapy courses. Um, I, I took an online course um, with another academy. But um, it, it was structured, it was pretty good, but they were focusing more on uh, direct suggestive techniques. So being, being, having gone through the interactive regression techniques myself, I, I wanted something more. So then I, I found a local course in New Zealand that was live, you know, and I, it was a three-day course. I took it 
Um, but to be very truthful, at the end of the course, I did not feel uh, confident or equipped enough with whatever I was taught. I was thinking, uh, this may or may not work. You know, I wanted something more certain, something that could really, I, I needed the competence, you know, coming from the medical background, competence is of utmost importance. So at this point, I was actually quite disappointed because that weekend was extremely tiring. I put a lot of hopes on it. Then I was telling my sister about it and she said, you know, well, why don't you try Udemy? You know, there, there's some courses there. And, and she randomly sent me a link which happened to be yours. Again, synchronicity. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I took those courses and um, not your certified program as yet then. And, and they were really good. You know, structured, very systematic. And, I, and the live demonstration videos, I, I could tell that they work. Yeah, so then I sign up with you, you know, become a certified uh, healer and being through the certification course with you really, I feel give me the competence and the confidence to be able to do what I'm doing today. So thanks a lot, Mark. <laughs> you know, thank you enough for that. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, that's good. So this was happening around your mid-30s, wasn't it? Oh, yes. For some people, mid-30s, it's yeah. like, is it too late? But I, I think that's when sort of life begins for hypnotherapists or spiritual regression therapists, I tend to not work with people much younger than that. Uh, and I think mid thirties, you have to go through a lot of these life and spiritual experiences. And then that's kind of what equips you to, to really start the, the professional path and to have all of these really complementary. So the systematic approach you had, uh, you know, being a medical doctor, they're really helpful uh, skills that you bring to your approach. So that's part of your own journey. So we'll talk about some case studies soon. I think I would like to maybe describe a case, which I, I personally also learned a lot from. Okay. This was a case of a client who actually underwent the all three programs with me, hypnotherapy with age regression, past life and between lives regression. So when she first approached me, you know, she was a lady in her forties an aspiring healer herself. No, but she was struggling firstly with this uh, issue of self-discipline to even commence her healer's causes. She signed up for them. She just couldn't find the self-discipline to start them. So a little bit of her background, you know, um, in her 20s, she had actually excellent academic achievements. But in the end, she chose a career that was not of her own choice because of external pressures. A situation which is actually very similar to my own. So um, she worked in the private sector for a few years gave birth and uh, chose to take care of the children. And she has been a housewife since then. So at this point in her life with her children all grown up, you know, she looked back and she felt it was a waste you know, of her time, of her energy in her youth to pursue something that was not of her interest. And she was very regretful. So she said, you know, I, did not, I do not want to have further regrets. So in her hypnotherapy form, she wrote that she wanted to study hard, study energetically like she was in her twenties and to be self-confident. However, for some reason, you no, know, she was using household chores, other miscellaneous things, you know, to occupy her time. So she felt blocked. She felt being pulled back from being committed to her studies. So um, there's this issue of this apparent lack of self-discipline. It's apparent because I think there's definitely something more beneath it. So for this, um, for the first session of first session of uh, hypnotherapy of age regression, we we actually went in to gather her inner positive resources before we deal with the presenting issue. And to me, you know, this is a crucial first step that truthfully not many other therapy courses actually incorporate. So, you know, uh, but your, yours does, you know. So, because I think in the quest to heal the negative, we, we ironically, we, we leave out the positive, you know. 
doesn't matter what you have in your life, you know, just go straight to the point. But why not use what we have and, and integrate that to help help us heal, you know? So, but um, this session was interesting because uh, we regress her back to a memory of success in her life. So, you know, being successful, if you see yourself that you should be happy, joyous, full of confidence. But she actually had an abreaction. You know, she recalled her confidence. She recalled her determination as a valedictorian, actually giving the speech at the university graduation ceremony. And she started crying. She cried, you know, what happened to that young person who was fearless, who could achieve anything? Where did the old me go? Uh, she, she was saying all this out under the hypnotic state. So at this point, I allowed her to release all the emotional residues, burdens that were deeply embedded in the subconscious, which I think she really needed that. So as the tears flowed, actually what happened was her own subconscious wisdom stepped in. At this point, I could sense this a little bit shift of emotions because a new scene was emerging. And she told me, she described interestingly that, you know, oh, you know, now I'm seeing a tent, you know, like camping tent that, that's restricting me. I cannot look outside. So I asked her, you know, um, are you trapped? Can you get out of it? She said, I'm going to take a knife. I'm going to cut through it. So as she emerged from the tent, she looked around and, and she was surrounded by beautiful nature. And there was this sense of peace. So this powerful metaphor, you know, provided by her subconscious gave her the realization that peace was actually just separated by this thin piece of barrier that she could cut through by herself to free herself to enjoy the peace that was there within her, around her all along. So in, 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 her, in her hypnotic state, she said, you know, I don't have to be my old self. I don't have to compare to my old self. You know, I keep wanting to go back to my fearless old self, I learned now that I do not have to be ambitious like in my 20s. I don't have to rush. I just have to be at peace, concentrate, and walk towards my goal. And this was all done within 90 minutes in the first session. You know, through regression to a positive resource, we had this message that, that, that came out from her own subconscious wisdom. So then we move on uh, a week later to sessions two and then sessions three, where we regress her back to the causative events in this life. And she recalled several moments where she was forced by others to take on roles that she did not want to. But now with the life experiences she has as an adult, you know, her own inner subconscious wisdom, she was actually able to review, replay the same scenes, you know, through a much wiser frame, release all these negative emotional residues she held inside her. And we progress her to the future where she could now visualize herself completing her studies, commencing her new role as a therapist helping people. So at the end of these three hypnotherapy sessions, she told me that you know, she no longer felt regret about the past or about not being her old self. There was this the sense of urgency, ambition, you know, they were scratching her from within her exact words, you know, causing her to be fearful that she did not have enough time was gone. Because she knew that you know, she did not have to try hard there's no no need to try you know she just be herself live her life go her path feel content and she was able then to really not just commence but move on subsequently to complete her classes with a peace of mind so um that was that concludes the hypnotherapy portion and um now I'll just move on to the second program that i did with her the past life regression program so because she was quite amazed you know amazed with the results she said can i work on a different issue you know, something that has been causing me insomnia for, for 10 years, you know, for years. So um, uh, in her intake form, she wrote that she has a younger brother who, was in, who is in his 30s, who has been behaving very irresponsibly about his own life. 
you know, that the parents passed away when they were young. So she sort of took on the responsibility to care for him in many ways, financially, emotionally, you know, and he had been therefore reliant on her. And she said, you know, I think it's time she wanted to work on the relationship because she, because she felt guilty that she made the brother weak, yet she could not stop herself from feeling responsible for him. It was a vicious cycle. You know, I have to be responsible for you, but I'm making you weak and I feel guilty for it. How can I get out of this? So in the first session, um, so we regress her back to a causative event, causing a negative effect in this life and recalled her memories when she was in her 30s, pregnant with a child, and she was having this big fight with the brother over his irresponsible ways. She was crying, very upset, very agitated. And then we, and these emotions, uh, we, we use them as a bridge, a fact bridge to bring us back to a causative past life. So that was, um, and that life was in the 1900s. So that scene, she was a high ranking male army officer who was angry, Agitated, he was hitting and scolding this young soldier. This young soldier had been irresponsible, you know, did not manage the weapon they were going to use well, causing it to be stuck. It was some sort of cannon, you know, and could not fire, leading to bad consequences. At that point, she recognized the soldier to be her younger brother in this life. So, you know, it appeared that the role of her brother and the impact of his irresponsible ways were repeated, you know, in that life, in 1900s, and also in this life. So we move on to the third session where we, we were seeing, you know, is there, is there a life that actually balances things out or, or what, what led to this? So in this time, she recalled herself as a rich businessman in the 1800s. You know, he had a big farm, huge animal herd. The brother in that, her brother in that past life was the eldest son. So in one scene, the son requested the businessman to give him half the livestock to manage. But the father refused, saying, you know, uh, it's tough to manage. You cannot do it. I don't think you're mature enough. In a way, he did not give the son the responsibility to do so. And, you know, we learned what actually happened, you know, when she was regressed into the spirit realm at the end of that life. Her guides told her that, you know, you did not give freedom to people. Let them be. Let them act on their own. Don't always control people. Let them make mistakes, whether it's like death or life. They have the right to live their own life. You know, they're not to follow your steps. You cannot force your map on them. It doesn't matter if it looks like a painful or painful situation or a mistake. Let them be because let them learn. You know, they don't have to completely succeed or do whatever you say. Controlling is not good. So with this message, I asked um, her guides to show us what actually happened to the son. You know, after the father refused to let him take responsibility for the stock. So um, she reported to me that, you know, in doing that, the businessman, in a way, cut the son's wings, blocked his freedom. The son became a spoiled brat, wasted his days drinking, hanging with big company, eventually fell to his death, you know, while showing off on a horse and drinking. And knowing all this, she told me that, you know, I have to mind my own business. I have to stop criticizing my brother. I have to stop being a control freak. I have to stop to show him how he should live. I have to let him live his life. I have to make, let him make his own mistakes and learn from them because he has his own learning experiences as a soul in his life. And I'm not responsible for those experiences. Therefore, there's no guilt to feel. So in, in this one phrase, paragraph, she solved, you know, she stated her own problem and she solved them. And at the end of the, the past life regression uh, sessions, the three of them, she told me she felt very grounded, very peaceful. And actually, in her own words, that this frame will benefit her going forward in every way, in every relationship. And she was more accepting, 
not just of others, but importantly of herself. You know, she is a very, uh, she is a self-critical person, you know, but she said, I allow myself to make mistakes. I have to stop being so hard on myself. And a week after the regression therapy sessions, during that week, there was actually some interactions between her and her brother. And, and, she, let, and she, she actually reported actual changes in the interactions and the resolution of her need to be responsible or guilty. So instead of giving in to his demands, like she always had, she actually told him, stand on your own feet. I'm not going to help you this time. No guilt. <laughs> and the presenting issue of insomnia actually resolved and improved. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's interesting how people start with presenting issues. You even said right back in that hypnotherapy, the first session she did, she's like, I've got to be ambitious and powerful like I was when I was 20s. And it's like, well, that's the presenting issue. And like, that's what she thinks the solution is. But as she goes through the therapy, another part of just that, that's so important, like really defining what the issue is and what the solution is. Because people often come in with some sort of idea, but that uh, it, it gets refined. So they define their issues, but uh, we may refine it in, by interviewing them, or they may refine it by getting some more input. So like you said, like that first session isn't just go and solve the problem because they think they know what the problem is, but they don't always. In fact, often they're quite wrong about what the problem is and what the solution is. But when you get shown through metaphors or through experiences, actually, this is the, the real problem, the real issue. And, and the, here's another way of going about it. And if we just charge in trying to solve a predefined thing, which isn't as accurate as it could be, then we're off on a wrong, you know, it's hard to get to the right place. But if we have this flexibility to discover those things, and that sort of come through as well, where, you know, she is not quite sure what to even do with the brother and, and just sort of uh, clogged up by guilt and and to be able to find uh, insights that get around that uh, is really interesting. So that came through in age regression and past life regression of like defining and refining these issues and coming up with sort of surprisingly wise resolutions. So that's kind of a core theme that comes up for all this regression therapy. Do you find that kind of thing? Uh, yes, I think yeah, the wisdom um, that one does not consciously have, but actually, it's actually on site. You know, it's like we're just using the technique to fish it out, you know, and, and actually this, um, um, if I may move on to the last segment, you know, the, the, the last section where I brought her through between lives regression therapy, it really came through. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this was a program of two sessions. So at this time when we uh, embark on this, she was actually progressing on the studies, but she told me that she had this conscious block of feeling that, you know, I'm too weak, I'm tired all the time, you know, I, I, my progress is being hindered, I'm not uh, progressing as much, as fast as I could, or, or in the way I wanted. So, and also for some unknown reason, she was also worried about ill-intentioned, jealous looks, people bad-mouthing her when eventually she has to market herself in society as a therapist. And so we agreed at this juncture, having gone through the two programs, that she would benefit from the between lives regression therapy to go deeper into eliminating the issues. So in the first session, you know, we regress her back to a causative past life. It was a new one we have not seen before. In this life, in, it was in ancient China. She was a very beautiful concubine, favored by the emperor, but was eventually killed by the queen who was jealous of her beauty. And her, in her death scene, she described, you know, I'm being hit by an arrow through my heart. So in the spirit realm, you know, her, her guides actually told her, Beauty is neither good nor bad. You know, 
she became a concubine because she was beautiful and died because of that beauty as well. So appearance is not the most important thing. And this transcendental, non-dualistic concept you know, revealed to both of us that she was clearly in the between life's realm and assessing this ultimate reality beyond you know, our conventional and spiritual realities. And she was told that you know, this is an endless journey we have to experience. Your main spiritual lesson in this life is to help people who are suffering in their souls. And actually, for this part, I think it, it, the message is true for many healers aspiring or practicing. You know, a lot of people are suffering. Help them since you know what life is. You know, a journey of beauty, of strength, of everything. You know the pain they're feeling. Help them in any way you can. So with this advice, she told me something very wise and you know, struck, struck a chord within me as a healer that this is my mission. I should follow this. This is not a career or a business. It is a way of life. A life that a way of life I should follow without worrying about whether it is a profession, if it's decent or anything. Just live by helping others with their suffering. They're bleeding outside. They're not bleeding outside, but they're bleeding inside in their hearts. And then suddenly she paused and she exclaimed, Oh, the arrow. You know, the arrow in the heart, the model, the, the, the means by which the, the concubine died, means the emotional pain and suffering of people, whether they're pretty or not queen or not, young or old. It signifies the sufferings in their hearts and it also means the evil and pain that people cause one another. And I am here to help people relieve of that pain. So, and then she went on to meet the soul counsel who told her that you, know, you go through what you're supposed to go through. It is about acceptance. So my client actually lost a mother at a young age that made her very compassionate you know, to, to people who have lost their parents or do others' pain. And then she said, you know, so that she wouldn't act like the rich businessman in the other past life in the 1800s, who was strong, but who was always mocking the weak ones, looking down on them. This life, you know, she's, she's given a weak body with poor stamina and was told that, you know, don't judge others' bodies or strength. Don't underestimate the body you are given. You know, if your mind is conscious, awake, you can achieve things. But don't overreact when the body is tired as well. You know, just don't judge. And at this point, I asked her what was the spiritual lessons across many past lives. And she said, it is about experience in different lives. Being a different person every time allows me to understand how other people feel, gives me wisdom. And I need to get the wisdom of all these lives through experiences. The struggle never ends and I will have to live and manage with wisdom. Day by day, with time, the puzzle falls into place. There is no rushing. The time will come. I'm reminded not to rush as I'm impatient most of the time. So when our session concluded, you know, she could not describe to me how she felt. She was speechless and very appreciative of the session. So I just asked her one question. I said, you know, do you feel more confident now to be a healer? And she actually replied, you know, there's no need to feel confidence at all. You know, I just do what I have to do. I don't have to worry about having the confidence. So I, I cannot give a better answer than what she said. <laughs> Not just to myself, but say, I think to every healer out there. That's a really nice journey. So you started off with three sessions of hypnotherapy just to this life. But then, and so one of her key presenting issues was this procrastination. Like she's just not getting it done. She's making excuses about 
I'm busy with the housework or this and that. And it was just procrastination and demotivation. And we, you deal with that in, in some ways in this life. But then you had three sessions of past life regression, but then two sessions of between lives regression. So they're, they're, they're the, we started off talking and they're the, you, we call ourselves a hypnotherapist or you're the hypnotherapy practice, but these are the three key areas that you work in. So that's a really good example of how you take one person with uh, varying uh, apparently uh, different issues, but it all does link in. And it's like, well, we do the three sessions of hypnotherapy, but then by taking them into past lives and then doing two more sessions in between lives. So altogether, that's eight sessions. And you can see, you know, the first three really got her into studying and doing her healing things. But by going on and doing the extra uh, group of past life sessions and then doing the extra between lives, you see the extra nuances and, and sophistication and the level of response and therapeutic resolution. We've got a hypnotherapy version of resolution that really got her moving and was really helpful. But then, then it gets into a, you know, and that, that kind of helps her sort of be motivated to get things done. But then she transcends motivation and is just like in the flow of doing things at a, at a spiritual awakening level as well. So it's a really great illustration of how these three modalities actually are sort of one overarching uh, modality in themselves or really work together. So I think it's a great thing for people. And a lot of people will be watching this podcast or interested in, oh, she was a doctor and she's a hypnotherapist, but they don't necessarily see how intertwined hypnotherapy is with past life aggression, now intertwined between lives is with past lives. So you, you can sort of stop after your first three sessions, but if you have another three and another two, uh, you know, over a spaced out over, you know, a number, quite a number of months, you, you're really going on a journey, isn't it? So I think it's a great illustration. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I do have a second and final session of the Between Lives. That'd be great. Which, Wrap um, it up. Yeah. Yeah. Which highlighted uh, another surprising message. Okay. So at this point, um, I think to, to wrap up the whole journey, she actually told me that before we started that she is very balanced. She felt grounded. There's no anxiety. She didn't need confidence, but she said, she asked me, you know, I, I'm just pushing myself to be more productive. But again, you know, my body with my illnesses and pains seems to be in, in hindering that. And just yesterday she injured herself for exercising, you know, could not exercise for a while, had to undergo treatment. And in a way she felt a bit frustrated, you know, why am I, why is my body preventing me from doing so many things I want in life? So, um, so this time we regress back to another new past life. She was a Russian lady in her, in her 20s in the 1800s, married a well-to-do husband, you know, spent her day enjoying her life. Very easy life, you know, had children, but did not even have to look after the children because she had lots of servants to serve her, you know, uh, and spent all her time playing cards, shopping, eating good food, riding horses, tea parties, reading books. So at this point, to be very truthful, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I'm not sure <laughs> how this life answers, you know, what we are asking. But again, you know, the wisdom that, that I, I don't have at, a, at the conscious level, you know, the answers emerge in the, when we reach the spirit between life's realm. She was actually told by the Stone Council that the body she now has is not intended for hard work. And she's given a chance this life to relax, enjoy life with the, with the fragile body. She had very, uh, she had past life, you know, as a businessman, you know, and all that strong man, male bodies before. And because of that, I think she kept comparing herself with strong men, strong women, and 
you know, they just tell her, don't do that. Just enjoy life. You know, you had those tough bodies. You had those experiences. They're enough for now. This life you experience, you enjoy, you concentrate on the joys, not on the hardships, the pain and suffering of the physical body. You're given this physical body, you know, to limit, to limit her from doing hard work and tough things. She was told to cooperate with the body she was given, to care for it, to give it love. And in and, and this moment, she's, she told me that you know, she was shown herself enjoying the life, the small things in life as the Russian lady, smiling, riding a horse, you know, feeling the happiness, the wind, in, the, the wind in the hair, dancing with the husband, all the small joys in life. And, and, and you know, that life can be beautiful. It does not have to be hard. Enjoy the moments, make things joyful. The Russian lady, you know, also had illnesses, sickness. She suffered in labor, but she recovered, you know, moved on to enjoy life easily. She did not focus on the pain or the sickness. It does not mean not having pain, but, you know, she recovers, put her focus on enjoying life. So the spiritual lesson from that past life was actually to feel joy from any joy. Don't try to make things hard or go through unnecessary hardship. Just enjoy life, feel lighter and joyful. So she concluded, you know, I always tell myself that after this hardship, I will be happy. But no, that's not the case. You know, I can be happy in everyday life and don't have to suffer unnecessary hardship. So, I mean, at the end of this journey with her, both of us feel that, you know, everything we've done for the past weeks and months, you know, fall into place from, as you mentioned, lacking self-discipline in the studies, carrying the guilt burden of her brother's life on her feeling anxious, overtly ambitious, push, pushing herself too hard you know, to increasing productivity, to now being in peace, feeling balanced, free of guilt, completing her studies, while enjoying life's little joys and moments in the process. So this last session, you know, give us the sort of unexpected message that everything has to be balanced out. Life is tough, right? You know, so many lessons to learn, but we have to try to enjoy the process as well. I mean, yeah, and, and I think this um, last session we've heard really sum up everything well. That brings us kind of full circle as we start off with that first session of, you know, accessing positive resources and, and feeling good and then resolving the issues. And then the, the last session was kind of, we don't have to keep on solving problems. Remember to, to come back to the, the things that give us joy. And, and oftentimes we can get, you know, go through a lot of regression and go to a lot of causes of problems in the past. But we can't do that. We don't, you know, we can do that for a number of sessions. We can even do these three modalities. We end up doing eight sessions. But what we're not doing is one session a week all year. We're not doing 52 of these. So mm -hmm. at a certain point, and maybe after the eighth session, after about sort of four or five months working together, the subconscious says, okay, that's enough. Let's forget, let's not worry about going into the past too much. Let's come back and just be present in the now. And I think that's a really great message uh, and a reminder as well that we're not going in just all about problems and all about the past. It's really so we can be more present in the now. And that's, that's uh, uh, such a common and important therapeutic resolution that we all get to in the end. So it's a really, really great way of uh, concluding that story. So that's a great example of how these three modalities can work together. So uh, I understand you've got another case study. This was a lady uh, whom I brought through the, just a program of hypnotherapy with age regression. 
So she was um, 40 years old, happily married, had three beautiful children. But um, her presenting issue was that, you know, she had this unresolved fears of being unloved as a child and the needing and the need to still earn love from her parents. So um, she had a brother and um, she was angry, resentful because the parents' preferential treatment towards her brother. So all these negative emotions were draining her energy. And she knew consciously that it was taking time away, you know, from her own family, it wasn't fair to her husband and her children. She tried, you know, to talk to the parents about it, about some of the ways that she felt it was not fair, you know, how, how the way that she, she felt they could treat them in a different way, treat her in a different way, but nothing changed, you know, despite her attempts to find peace with them. So uh, she had read my book and was actually interested to use past life regression to resolve a presenting issue. I felt that it was more appropriate to undergo hypnotherapy to this life first, you know, to resolve that. But she was, she was very interested. So we reached an understanding that, you know, uh, if it's revealed that subsequently hypnotherapy is the needed technique, she will be open to pursuing that. So for the first session, I actually used a script for the past life regression therapy session. And, and there's a story behind this. So I regressed her to her early childhood memory. And she recalled a moment, you know, when she was three years old, something she told me subsequently that she did not consciously remember. You know, sitting on the floor of an old house, she described the colors of the wall, the door, and, you know, um, she was kneading dough. Her mother was there teaching her how to make a cake. And this moment, you know, the memory was so vivid for her, she, she just cried. And she said she could feel her mother's overwhelming love for her. And, and with this little memory, you know, she, she gained the insight that she was loved by her mother. And the mother's love actually allowed her to reframe her perception of a current relationship. She always thought, you know, you know my mother preferred my brother, she, she doesn't love me. But that, that memory of love, in a way, allowed her to, to, to see that things are not what, you know, she, she thinks it is. And so at the end of the session, we attempted you know, initial entry into past life because it was initially meant to be a past life regression. But instead, you know, she saw herself as a powerful eagle who could fly anywhere it wanted, but was instead was circling around the same spot. She could sense the freedom, the lightness, the possibilities beyond that. But she was just circling the same spot and she received the message that she just had to stop circling in the same place, just flying to freedom. So instead of a past life, we received a metaphorical message from her subconscious to not dwell on the same family issue. You know, she had in a way been circling, focusing to move her energies away to experience freedom. So after the end of the first session, you know, we discussed that um, likely hypnotherapy with age, with this life regression is more suited for her modality. But I mean, looking back, you know, there's no coincidence that I used that script, the past life regression script with regression to an early childhood memory, which is not, you know, inside the hypnotherapy's first session script. That and that was that little memory that allowed her to actually gain the insight of being loved and in a way to forgive her mother. So in the subsequent hypnotherapy sessions, you know, we regress her to causative events in this life, where she actually saw you know her own father carrying his his childhood baggage and suffering through his adult life even until today, and she could feel the empathy for him. She said, you know, I feel very sorry that he had to go through such a childhood. And, but, you know, and, and in the state, you know, she saw that she was now an adult with more maturity and skills to deal with her parents' issues. And then she didn't have 
to deal with the current issues with the unsophisticated reactions she had used in the past. She can make the conscious choice not to carry on the hurt from her parents' generation. You know, she cannot change her parents' ways, but she can change her reactions to whatever happens. So these sessions she described back to me you know, were powerful. They provided her with the emotional breakthrough she needed. So I caught up with her, you know, and she told me up to today, you know, she still faces unjust treatments from the parents, but she has the tools to overcome them. She no longer allowed the setbacks you know, to rob her of her precious time and energy from her family, her children. And she was grateful. And that, you know, with this new perspective, she is able to overcome a lot of challenges that comes along. So, and then, um, and, and she really appreciated having this, in a way, a refrain, you know, of the perspective of what had happened and how she can choose to perceive whatever is happening right now, which I think for me personally sums up what chemotherapy can really do. It's really that, that reframing because we can't change the past and so many times we cannot change, you know, either the circumstances we are in or the people we are dealing with, you know, the nature of the relationships, but we can choose to reframe how we perceive what is going on. We can choose so that, you know, we have an appropriate response reaction rather than, you know, reacting out of guilt, out of hurt, out of all the negative grounds. So you've gone through this journey uh, yourself from being a doctor to to finding something which is uh, more aligned with uh, your soul's purpose. So what would you say to people that are, are healers and looking to further their healing? So for those who want to train as healers, I say, take Mark's course. <laughs> That's the best advice <laughs> I can give and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. If I hadn't taken your course, I would not be where I am today. Because um, we've, I, I've been through two courses. I've researched on numerous. And... I, I mean, if, if I don't feel a particular cause or, you know, something is effective, give me, you know, allow me to have the competence and the confidence, I wouldn't be here today. You know, being through a doctor, you know, the implications of that, you know, if I, you know, give a wrong treatment, you know, the implications will be disastrous. So people might, might see maybe spiritual healing as something not so definite or what, but if a client approaches you, you have that window of opportunity to change someone's life and you missed it, you know, because you didn't have the best possible training because, you know, you're not truly competent enough. I think that's such a, such a pity and such a waste. And in even the worst way, maybe turn the client away from, you know, from spiritual healing. Ah, chemotherapy doesn't work. You know, I was regressed, but so what? When actually it was merely not having the tools yeah, and the equipment, you know, and, and your course really equipped me with whatever I need. And in fact, more, you know, some things which I didn't expect, like, you know, regression to positive resources and, and a lot of other things that I, I didn't expect to come up from a, from a course. Your, your course has it all. And also, you know, the structure of um, mentoring. Uh, actually, I, I was telling my sister that, you know, I mean, I can attend courses, but I, I need a mentor. You know, coming from the medical background, you know, we, we need a good mentor to answer our questions, to, to be a role model, to show us how it is to go. So, you know, you, you yourself have thousands of hours. I, I'm not sure whether there's even more, you know, of experience, actual life experiences with clients. And I'm sure, you know, you gain a lot of wisdom through as well, through your whole journey. And that everything is incorporated into a curriculum, passed on to us through the mentoring. So I, I mean, for someone who seriously wants to train as a healer, you know, in regression therapy, 
I cannot find a better course out there. So yeah, for those, take this course, it will give you the competence, the confidence, everything you need, you know, stop looking around. <laughs> Yeah. Thank, thanks a lot for saying that. And just for those that are watching and not quite sure, maybe they've taken my Udemy. Nicole makes a really good point, which my course is essentially basically all mentoring. So, and I think a lot of people uh, can do past life progression training or do, do other training. You go to a course, uh, you watch videos, you go live, you do practice sessions with fellow students in the class for whatever period of time. And a lot of people have that qualification and they think they're done. And to be honest, there's an extra stage. And I know a lot of people who, so even Nicole, you had a lot of experience. You're a doctor. You've done a lot of sessions five, six years ago before I met you. Uh, you've got uh, people that you know, you've studied and read all the books and, and done other trainings. And still you, still you have this desire to learn more and to think I need to, I've got to have, I've really got to be good. I've got this, medical style uh, basis of like this is how qualified we need to be and I think a lot of people are satisfied with fairly low levels of qualification and and I think that's to their long-term detriment thinking like I've studied enough I can just do it now and a lot of times uh, you know if you really just put your head down and get a lot of experience and are able to do a lot of sessions maybe that can work um, but I think what Nicole is talking about is my approach is uh, not just, you know, taking people through video, uh, a curriculum. It's really mentoring people through uh, dozens of sessions that they do. So I'll, I'll have, say, 12 calls with people where they're going through three case studies each. So people will do 36 sessions and report back to me and I'll mentor them, them through that. So that's really another level of, of training. And so it's not even really training. It's really mentoring and that's uh, uh, something that, that if you're aware of it, uh, and, and as Nicole said, it's like it just takes you at another level and it, and, it, and it gets you that extra step. So even to people who are pretty well trained and are often practicing past life therapists or have got a good degree of uh, study already, there's this mentoring and there's really this practical experience is uh, uh, pretty helpful. So I'm really glad that you found that, even with all the experience and background that you had in many areas. So uh, thanks so much for that uh, feedback. Uh, it's really that interaction, the mentoring, you know, the feedback. Because it's, it's again, a very personal, everyone is at different levels, everyone has different areas of lacking. So, but you, you know, as a mentor, you're able to very, I find very sharply pick up, you know, which areas need improvement, what can be done better, you know, uh, how to shape this particular student into, you know, a, a proficient healer. So those are the things that a lot of other courses, a weekend, three-day weekend course cannot, can never give. It's an ongoing process. And I think you grow with the student as well over that few months. Yeah. That, exactly. I've, even as a therapist, I've always just loved one-to-one -one communication. And so I found when I was studying, you know, when I was teaching hypnotherapy, past life progression to groups of people, I'd be talking to six, 12, 18 people in the class. And, and I know different students are at different levels and need different things said. So I can tell you how to do it, but to be able to go one-to-one -one and be very specifically attuned to each individual person, instead of just me being in the class as one-to-many, that's so different. And it's such a different experience for the student. And it's quite different for me as a teacher or mentor. And it's uh, you know uh, satisfying and, uh, and effective in another way. And not a lot of people offer it. And it is often, you know, you just teach a class to many people as a one-to-many. But yeah, this one-to-one one, one, -to -one is then this mentoring approach is really the, 
the foundation of the Past Life Awakening Institute. And I think it's a, you know, a useful addition to the whole, uh, you know, uh, educational landscape in this area. So I'm really glad you appreciated it. Yeah, I do. And I'm thankful for, you know, online. I mean, yeah, that, that I can receive all this through online because otherwise, because nothing was, I was looking so hard for good courses locally in life. That there was nothing at the moment. So I'm really grateful that, yeah, that, that, yeah. Well, thank you. I'm glad it was up to the, the high standards that you have as well through your background. And so is there anything that you would say to people maybe in the medical profession? Because you're right, people do often have, you know, Brian Weiss found this as well. He's a psychiatrist and a, and a doctor and, and having to go through, you know, now you've gone and doing this weird spiritual kind of stuff. But there's a methodical, structured, uh, ethical process that, you know, that, I, that we undergo. And so is, this, is there anything you'd say to maybe people with a bit of a, a scientific bent or have a conventional background and they may be a little bit suspicious or wondering about the authenticity or, or methodology that we employ? What would you say to people that, that have that as a bit of a question mark before they get too deeply into these yeah. kind of things? I think at this point in time, you know, um, evidence-based medicine, you know, that that's what has become advanced. And even though it has become advanced, this realm of emotional, spiritual healing still appears to be unproven, you know, scientifically based on those evidence-based methods. But it, I, I just want to say just, you know, just like before the time medicine was evidence-based, where people were labeled quacks or witches, you know, the evidence in spiritual healing at the moment now may appear to be anecdotal, but one day, you know, it may become mainstream knowledge with a compulsory curriculum in medical school saying, you know, learn spirituality, learn how to bring a person, help a person through the process of dying, death, grief. You know, you know as a doctor, you're not just a physical healer. You have the opportunity because I, I think um, patients are most receptive, I, I find, you know, um, to advice given by a doctor because when, when you're in, in that state, you know, you need somebody's help. So whatever is spoken in that moment, actually, I find that they are, they are a lot more receptive to take it. And if you have that opportunity, you know, to be able to help someone through uh, emotional or spiritual pain, I think that that will be great. So for those who, uh, as you mentioned, suspicious, you know, of this, you know, I think it's very important to keep an open mind. We don't know now, you know, what, what might become in the future. That one day, perhaps, you know, scientific um, methods can also prove spiritual healing, but even without the need to be proved, day to day, you know, the healers out there who are doing our work, we do see the difference that it make in people's lives. You know, it may not be like a mass grand scale evidence based on the bench, you know, measured, uh, double blaze, what do you call that? Um, randomized, double blind controlled trial. That's the favorite. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it, it it works, it changes people's lives for the better, it heals. And, and I think at the end of the day, a lot of us, we are stuck in a particular way of, sometimes people are stuck in a particular way of conscious thinking and reasoning about certain situations. So even though you may or may not practice that method, you know, just keep an open mind. I believe that every client that comes to me is an act of synchronicity. So I cherish every interaction I'm gifted with. So, I mean, I help my clients heal, evolve, and always in the process, I learn, I heal, I evolve as well. 
So that personally, I find to be nothing more you know, satisfying, meaningful and fulfilling. And, and I think that is my message perhaps to aspiring healers out there. That if, if this is what you feel you can do or you should do, you may do, then take a leap of faith. That's a great message. So thank you so much for sharing that. So if you're thinking, well, I'd like to do past life regression, but I want to do it with somebody who's methodical and has a, a scientific background as well, then Nicole as a doctor is a person that I'd hardly recommend. So just a reminder again, you can find her website, the hypnotherapy practice ltd.com. So the links will be in the description. What can people do if they want to contact you for sessions? So uh, via the website, yeah, email address is there. My the online form is there, yeah. Okay, fantastic. So I, I highly recommend her for hypnotherapy, past life regression, between lives, and uh, the methodical and comprehensive, complete approach that she brings. So thanks so much, Nicole, for uh, sharing your stories about your own life experience and your case studies are really great. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much, Mark. Thanks for listening or watching. To find out more about my guest, see the links in the description for details. If you're interested in having personal sessions or certification training in hypnosis or hypnotherapy or regression to this life, past lives, between lives or spirit releasement therapy, then visit my website, thepastlifeawakeninginstitute.com for details. Thanks so much for watching or listening and see you next time.